Front of Talking, Top Rope Walking, Ultimate Exit, Serious Flexing, Never Be Vague with your boy Craig, and Opinion Mixing from Pete to Nixon, keep doing things in an impactful way, Bloody Nonsense as the Brits say, Talking Bloody Nonsense. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's the M-I-C, Craig, a.k.a. Mr. Impact. Join us always by the one and only Peter Nixon. This is Talking Bloody Nonsense right here on the TNAIW channel. It's a new week, it's a new impact, but first things first, Nixon, how's it going? All good here, mate, just uh, been busy packing. I'm off to Prague this weekend for a stag do. Should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, oh, not much else to report. I've got a, a dog right next to me. Say hello, Dinky. Dinky, hello. Dinky, hello. <laughs> Nothing. Rude, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Anywho, um, so before we get into the normal, what we're going to talk about tonight, or do you have to give everyone a quick rundown of? The subheadings before we get into the main headline. We'll go on tap tonight. We have Mia Yen retiring with Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, of course, the re-preview of Impact and Access TV for last week and this week. And for the final 10, we'll take a little look into the, the differences between uh, local intimate wrestling and the stuff we see on TV every week. So we'll have a in-depth look on that a little bit for final 10. But with any, without any further ado, let's get into our main headline. Um, for the first time, what feels, what feels like quite a long time, we're covering some British wrestling. Yeah. With, uh, although it's kind of mixed, we have uh, coming in September for three days, uh, GCW and TNT Extreme Wrestling will be teaming up uh, in Liverpool for three days from the 15th, 16th and 17th of September. And Wrestle Carnival announced for their first anniversary show on the 7th of August in Nottingham, Russell Carnival will be teaming with Pro Wrestling Noah. I mean, I was fortunate to be at this show, at the Russell Carnival show where they announced this. And oh, full disclosure, the crowd, it was, it was kind of a, a bad night for Russell Carnival. They had a lot of mishaps, a lot of talent dropping out. Tickets weren't selling very well. And to top it all off, the uh, second rope snapped. The turnbuckle just completely knackered for the rest of the show. But they announced this and they got a, got a pretty decent pop from most of the fans in attendance. But let's get you, uh, your thoughts on obviously TNT, uh, GCW coming over and Noah coming over to the UK. See, does it help the scene? What's your take on all of it? Is good thing, positive, negative? What's your take on this? I think anytime two promotions team up, it's always a good thing. Because it gives the fans fresh matchups, potentially dream matchups. Um, it's cross promotion, so you're potentially getting a, another set of eyes, several sets of eyes on a different promotion through promoting through the you know the partner promotion. I think it's really cool. Um, TNT and GCW, I, I think, uh, are very suited. You know, um, they TNT do a quite a bit of you know the blood and gut style but they also do a lot of the you know the the indie riffic wrestling yeah. which you know gcw it's a deathmatch company but they do a lot of the high flying and um the wrestling 
side of things, but also uh, dream matchups you never thought you'd see. So, I, yeah, I think it's a great pairing. Um, a good friend of mine, Roughneck, um, he uh, has been, I don't know if he still is, he's been a big part of TNT throughout the years. So I hope um, he gets an opportunity to um, do something cool with one of the GCW guys. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. TNT, GCW are very well suited. You know, um, obviously TNT here in the UK have the uh, a DOA tournament, which is always a lot of fun. The tournament of death. It's, it's still a company I haven't, I haven't attended yet, but it's definitely one on top of my list. They've got some incredible talent from Tim Margera, who, for me, in my opinion, is the best death mattress in the UK. In my opinion, I think he's phenomenal at what he does. I'll be very suited to have to. I mean, he wasn't had a deathmatch since Alex Cologne. And if, if deathmatch is, death is your thing, go and seek this match out because holy shirtballs. So to, to all, the, all the potential matches you have for this card, and it, it's great. I mean, you can have uh, the potentially we'll see uh, Session Moth Martina on the GCW and the GCW lot, which would be incredible. I, I particularly want to see Session Moth versus Matt Cardona. <laughs> I think that's a match I'm desperate to see. After GCW, TT, think quickly, Kamikaze's anniversary show, it's Session Moth Martina versus Charles Crowley, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, that's the two very different characters that'd yes. be cool i'm very i'm front row for it as well which i'm even more excited about <laughs> um but going on to the wrestle carnival uh side as i mentioned before i was at the show uh uh hunt where this as where this uh was announced and as i say it it wasn't a I mean tickets were still on sale the, the before the show even started I think they got about, uh, I think there was 82% of tickets left last time I checked for the four went to the show, which is not ideal, but mm. it was still a very solid show. I mean, the main event was um, Charles Crowley versus Max Dean Paler. Yeah. For the yeah. rest of the title. And then no DQ match, which was great. And you can go on my uh, social media and find some pictures of that. And they were pretty close to me. <laughs> like, I, I had to move back quite a bit. Mm. Um, but no, I think Russell Carnival and Noah is. In, in, an incredible partnership as well. Um, Wrestle Carnival. Gar Gary Ward has done a, a great job. Girls' <coughs> company up in a year. He's already got strong strong links with uh, Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. So it's I'm I'm excited about this one and I will definitely be going to it. But as for the uh, Wrestle Carnival show itself, the talent on it were was was great. You know um, had. Uh, uh, Jetta and Charlie Morgan teaming up against uh, Ivy and Emerson Jane. Yeah, fun tag match. You had um, Joe Hendry against Judas Gray in, in his on his second ever match. All oh, right, and, and like, he is, he's 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 a good talent from what I've seen in that segment. And other things, um, Will Cruz uh, was involved in a tag match. But, and for, unfortunately, Will Cruz was the one who uh, 
broke the broke the second rope. So I think it was uh, supposed to do a, a back body drop from the second rope, and then the, the rope just snapped Oof. and completely like they, that, that that that's when they had to take their intermission. It was supposed to be the next match after, but they had to take it there and then because yeah. I'm pretty sure the turnbuckle was knackered for the rest of the show. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited for this one because. It felt like it, maybe it's just my perspective from being in the in, in the crowd. It felt like there's quite a few fans who weren't necessarily as into wrestling. I think they saw oh it's wrestling, it's cheeks of a tenor, let's go. No, it's fair enough. You want to get the people in? Yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. But you just know Wrestle Carnival and Noah, that's gonna attract a lot of diehard wrestling fans. Proper hawk because People again, people they can bring over. Um, I believe Kojima's currently working with uh, New Japan uh, with uh, Virgin Noah. Yeah, and you've obviously maybe not, but you've obviously got the great Muta. Uh, they've got I think the current tag team champions, or one half of the current tag team champions is Michael Elgin, but that's you know, don't know what's gonna happen with that. Marafuji, Naomichi Marafuji, he works for Noah, right? Marafuji. Yeah, a big, big staple of them. Uh, Chris Ridgway, of course, yeah. you know, he's a big part of them now. Um, there's so, so many people. And I'm really excited for to go to the show. I've already, I wasn't intended to go to this uh, previous show, The Hunt, but I saw tickets for a tenor and I thought if I can get a lift down there, let's go. Yeah. I went, I, I'd already booked my ticket for the show afterwards uh, in Coventry. Uh, Ringmasters, um, the main of well, the co kind of main events. Uh, Charles Crowley is defending his uh, Wrestle Carnival Championship against Ax- Axel Tischer, the uh, former Alexander Wolf. Uh, but he also has the main event would either be Axel Tischer in the main event, but either be between Axel Tischer and Charles Crowley, or Axel Tischer and Scotty to Scotty to High. Whoever wins earlier in the night, so it's Crowley versus Scotty to High, which is going to be phenomenal that would be yeah that would be cool i'd like to see that yeah charles crowley is one of the best in the scene at the minute he's so entertaining mm. and just finding his stride and can only get better from here which i'm really excited about some incredible people and also they are fortunate enough to meet uh uh jetta and charlie morgan as well as war Cruz and uh said said, said hello to Chantal jordan like i always do so it was, it was a fun show, and the only show I've been to that sells food. It's the only wrestling company I've been in independent promotion that has food raised to, to buy, and mm. the cheapest bottle of water I've ever gotten at a wrestling event as well. One pound for a bottle of water, which is usually like three or four. So I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you I'm mentioned happy. Jetta and Charlie Morgan. So I, I don't think I told you this. Um, I was meant to wrestle for DOA. Um, this past Saturday in Barry St Edmunds. Unfortunately, the show got cancelled. As we um, as we know, there was a bit of a, um, I don't know if crisis is the right word, but uh, the, the cost of living right now has doubled for most people. So people just can't afford the luxury of, of going to live entertainment. Um, so yeah, wrestling shows are suffering at the moment. Anyway, Pro Wrestling East uh, still went on and a lot of the fans that would have gone to DOA went over to PWE. So um, at least wrestling, you know, benefited somewhat. Yeah. Um, 
but Charlie Morgan's good friend of mine, we started training on the very same day, um, May 6th, 2011. Um, so oh. we've been friends for over 10 years. Uh, so I, I went to Pro Wrestling East. Um, I sat in the crowd um, and I, I sat with some of my friends who would have gone to the DOA show. And uh, But Charlie Morgan um, didn't know I would be in the crowd. So it was a fun little moment where she spotted me um, I was like, ah, oh, and pointed me out. So that was cool. Um, really, really good show, Pro Wrestling East. Yeah. Um, we had a great time. Me and Kaylee uh, went with um, the, the Cleft Movement, got to shout them out. And uh, the main event was Man Like Doris against oh, uh, the Chapman brothers, Mad Kurt and oh, Harry Chapman. Nice. So much fun. Very, very different main event to anything you'd see anywhere else in the country. That was yeah. really, really cool. Um, the match of the night was uh, someone who I wrestled years ago um, under a different gimmick. Uh, his name now is Truman Roswell. He does a conspiracy theory gimmick. It's so good and he plays it up so well. Um, he wrestled Scotty Rourke's. Jeez. And they had an absolute banger. And I was really pleased that, that Truman Roswell got to to show off his stuff to a new audience and gain a, a shitload more fans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, experience with, with uh, independent wrestling over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun going to shows, especially when you don't know you're going to... You haven't thought about going to that show when it was announced before. I can, if I can get there, I'll go type thing. Yeah. And always nice going to an impromptu show. So I've uh, got next three months. I've got two more shows in two months. I'm hoping to get to the Kamikaze uh, Dojo show which is the, to their uh, students because uh, some I seem to be getting quite quite friendly on Twitter with the the uh, the influence as they're now in Kamikaze Pro. Hassan and Fergus Adderley. They have a, a, a the influence 20, 24-7 championship, and I've I'm I'm trying to get that title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going after that title. That's what I'm coming for. So maybe so hopefully I can win a title. <laughs> maybe they can win the NXT championship off you. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe if they want for a swap, a swap. <laughs> I'll put mine on the line. But there's I've got three. I've got, you've got the US and IC title there as well. So Fantastic. I'll put all mine on the line just for that one. <laughs> hmm. No, it's always just fun going to wrestling. Always is. Because a, a, a good group of people. Um, yeah, a good, a good group. Just have a laugh, enjoy some wrestling. But now, let's take a little walk on over to the Impact side of the street. And we'll take a look at Mia Yim, who returned at Under Siege. To, quite a, to a very, very positive reaction from the online and the fans in attendance. And then recently uh, did an interview for Fightful, I believe, with Denise Salcedo, who is crushing at the minute. Uh, and she gave a candid open, open interview about her time in, in NXT and her decision in coming to Impact Wrestling. It's, it's, it's probably well known that Gail Kim played a big part in bringing Mia Yim back to Impact. And from what I've read of the transcript of the interview, I haven't actually watched it, but I've Read, read all the read all the articles about it. 
Mia Yim was wasn't sure if she wanted to return to wrestling or not, but did but eventually decided with the help of Gail Kim to give it a go, see how it goes. She's never worked, she's never, never worked with Scott DeMol before, so Gail was the, the catalyst in bringing her into Impact again. Saying that uh, Mia Yim wants to be known as Mia Yim when she does retire. She wants to be remembered for Mia Yim and not as a manager of a faction, etc., etc. Yeah, or... A, a reckoning with a, a mask and yeah you know, or the, yeah. the, the dollhouse it, I feel like the dollhouse was slightly better than uh, retribution yeah either retribution retribution could have been something spectacular retribution yeah, could right. have been good but uh, hey ho you know it's WWE booking so uh, but she also Miriam also mentioned that she's not just yet, but she wants to retire with Impact Wrestling. And given the story that came out a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago now, BAEM's only signed up until Bound for Glory. I wonder if that means she will be sticking around after Bound for Glory. What's your take on it? Because it's interesting that when someone says they want to retire at a certain place because they're happy with where they are. I mean, especially coming out of WWE in that whole bubble, to know you want to retire with Impact Wrestling, who, if, if, if we, you know, I'm biased, open, they don't get a lot of uh, viewership, although the viewership did rise this week, but TV rates mean jack shit. Yeah. Um, to say that they want to stay with Impact until their career is over, that's, that's a big deal for a company who, it was nearly dead in the water five, six years ago. So what's your take on that? Because it's, it's, it's interesting given that the reports of a con, have a time with impact running up at Battle for Glory. Yeah, I mean, you, you think five or six years ago when it was dead in the water, when Mia Yim was there. So she's seen the best and the worst of impact wrestling in terms of, you know, it's... Um, you know, popularity and you know the backstage morale and the politics and everything. Um, I think it's it's awesome that Mia is so happy right now in Impact Wrestling that she said she's she's willing to stay there until she retires. That's awesome. I mean, who knows how long that could be? I don't know Mia's age um, or you know how long she intends to stay in the wrestling business, but. Mia Yim could have very easily gone with her husband to AEW, but she would have just been another wrestler on the roster who would just get lost in the shuffle, same as pretty much everyone else. You know, they they just brought in Tony Storm, and although she's in the Owen Hart tournament, very, very little fanfare for Tony Storm, whereas... Mia Yim coming back to Impact Wrestling means a hell of a lot more than if she would have gone to AEW. I'm sure she would have got more money for AEW, but if Keith Lee is over there making the big bucks and Mia Yim can just do what she loves, um, yeah. but you know, I'm sure she gets paid a good wage for Impact. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're living comfortably. Yeah. And you you know that she will be she could be knockouts champion again. 
Um, she will have excellent matches with the best roster in the world, as we say, as we say every week. Not just the best women's roster, the best roster in the world. Yes, yes. So yeah, I I think she's doing the right thing, and as long as she's happy, fantastic. Fair play to her. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, she, she could have easily, like I said, gone to AEW and been on the in their women's division, get, getting a, a, a lot more attention. Let's, let's be fair, we've got more eyes on her, even though she doesn't necessarily need it. Especially, you know, you mentioned the money side of the stuff. You know, earning quite a bit from her Twitch streams. So I'm guessing that was a, I'm guessing that's a, a factor. Because especially, we mentioned Tony Storm there. You know, she's another one who doesn't necessarily need the money because of how much she's earning on OnlyFans. I mean, I, th- I think I think in the, tw- the first, like, first like 24 hours, she earned about 20 grand, I think. Which is, you know, get that money, get it. <laughs> mm. But as for Mia wanting to stay with Impact until she feels like like her career is over, that is huge. It may seem like such just a, you know, oh, saying that, and but it may not actually happen. But actually saying it is huge. You know, I can't imagine. She'd have gone on, gone on, gone on the, on the interview and, and said that without impact knowing at least. It must impact must know actually what her intentions are, or, or at least Gail Kim must have known what the intentions are. Mm. And obviously, we don't know how how long she's sticking around for. But I'm I imagine when she said that not yet about retiring. I can I can see it going past Mount for Glory. Oh yeah, easily. You know, she she's an incredible talent, and as you mentioned, she's seen the best and worst of Impact. But even when in in twenty in what in twenty seventeen twenty fifteen around that time, it wasn't the best. But uh, Miriam and well Jada, she was then, and Rosemary had an incredible feud over Nakas title. That uh, the, the Monsters Ball, the uh, last knockout standing, the steel cage match, all great stuff. So, and now she's in with this roster, who are the best roster in the world. That I, that's it, it is. You look at it now, lots of Mia Yim, you've got Jordan Grace, Diana Perrazzo, Ty Valkyrie, kind of there for a little bit. You know, Tasha Steels, who's only only getting better. As knockouts world champion, it's it's a great thing that she wants to stick around and could will do have have a great rest of her career there. Because impact, yeah, obviously it's it's well established that impact don't have the mega mega bucks, but they have enough to make wrestlers comfortable and. If, I know Anthem have been acquiring so many other companies and ventures. Like I uh, just announced in their, their, that's their um, movie film distributors have made a documentary on Bruno Martina, which is going to be great. So I think 
yes, she could have gone to AEW. And let's let's be realistic. Had a, a few months buzz, and then kind of just float down the card. Eventually, maybe ended up ending, ending up on dark. You know, so we don't know, but that's that seems to be a, a pattern for a lot of wrestlers when signing for AEW. They'll come into a lot of fanfare. Although Tony Storm probably being the exception to that rule, and then just kind of, I think Keith Lee. I'm not even sure what he's doing at the minute. I think his team with Shane Strickland. That's right. They've got a, a three-way tag title match at the pay-per-view this weekend. Okay, that's, that's something. Is it, is it a Jungle Boy and... Jungle Boy and Soros and Team Taz, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, double or nothing's going to be a good show. I'm going yeah. to watch it when I'm back from Prague. Um, and that match, you, you know it would be awesome. So, um, yeah, no, no negativity towards AEW. Although uh, Tony Khan, um, he's he's almost like Vince McMahon on crack. <laughs> he, yeah. you know, you hear all these um, stories about Vince. You know, once he's once he's you know squeezed the every bit of money from you, he'll just discard you like a used toy. It's exactly what Tony Khan is doing. Yeah, am I wrong? Now, I mean, obviously, we went into Tony Khan in a bit more depth uh, last week, I believe. I mean, claims, the wild claims he tends to make, and the guy needs to just chill a bit and run his run his wrestling company. Like we we say it a lot, but he does just chill out, run your company. You don't you don't have to get yourself over or try to get yourself over. Yeah, you're you're the boss. You're not talent. Exactly. It's just. Chill a bit. In the immortal yeah. worlds of Eric Bischoff, shut up and wrestle. Yes. Uh, but any hoozles. So, yet yeah, Mia um, wants into a state of impact until her career has come to an end. Love that because it's, it's showing that impact. Impact are here to give a, give, give a good, good old fight and can have a talent's trust once again, which, again, if we go back five to ten years, it, it's it's been a long old uh, trek back to the top, back to where the position, position they are at now, working in New Japan, having talent trust them again, paying the talent. So it's all all good, and I'm, I'm excited to see what Miriam does in the final years of her career at Impact. Less of it. But now we'll go on over to that re-preview. Uh, we'll take we'll start off with the review this time, like we always do, don't want to say this time. <laughs> um yeah, we, we started off with an X Division Ultimate X qualifying match. Speedball Mike Belly versus Laredo Kid. What do you think of this one? I Freaking loved it, although the finish was a bit sus. Yeah, hell of a match. We knew it would be, um, and we kind of knew the result. It would be it would be nice to see your Rado kid actually get a win every now and then, considering he's the the Triple A cruiserweight champion. Yeah, it would be cool. But yeah, but, this, as we've said previously, this is Speedball's time. 
99% he's going to take the title at Slammiversary. Yes. I, I love this match so much. Since people, I've, I've been a fan of Speed Ball McBailey for years, but I mean, apologies, my phone keeps going crazy. It's the TNIW chat. Yeah, I'm getting those. Yeah, it's going crazy. Um, Love you guys. Yeah, but we're recording here. <laughs> um, yes, um, yeah, what do you think of the finish of Speed Ball and the Radio Kid match? We'll You're gonna have to remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have to. I, I can't. I mean, I, I watch it on the I, Friday morning, and it, I've had several sleeps since then. From what I haven't watched it recently, but from what I remember, uh, Lorraine uh, Bailey hit the his uh, ultimate weapon. Yeah. Rope, and. Uh, or maybe he rolled him up, I can't remember which, but Laredo Kid's leg was under the rope as Bailey pinned him. And the referee counted it. I don't know if that was supposed to happen. I funny thing is, I went on the Impact uh, website to uh, get the results written down. And it said in the results, Laredo Kid defeats people Matt Bailey. So that's a complete balls up by Impact, or they, have, or they, or they know some, something we don't. Hmm. Yeah, the Redicab defeats people with Billy, but obviously Speedball's in the Ultimate X. Yeah, well, um, here's the thing. We we don't look at spoilers here, full disclosure. Um, they could very well have done something at the Kissimmee, Florida tapings where they reverse that decision and had Laredo in Ultimate X and then Speedball does something else at the pay-per-view. We don't know. We, I mean, as in you and I, Craig, we do not know. So... No, that's a clue. Th- that could have just been a, a big balls up on the Impact uh, website. Which is more than likely. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but, I, I don't remember Laredo's foot being under the rope. Maybe they do make yeah. a little bit of the tapings. I mean, uh, they, they mentioned it, but nothing seriously. Um, well, it's had deja vu. Oof, that's weird. Anywho, uh, then we had uh, six knockout tag action with uh, Tyre Valkyrie, Jordan Grace and Miriam defeating Tasha Steels, Diana Peraza and Savannah Evans. Decent match. I felt like it was solid Tasha for me. Although she's a great knockout champion and they're only getting better, there were a few slip-ups, which, I mean, it's my, it's my OCD brain, but it's not landing right. It's, but it just, it could have been smoother, I felt like. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about any wrestler, though. Yeah, but I think, I guess it's just, like, more awkward to watch when a move doesn't go for it the first time and they try again. Like, mm. you got to remember, uh, you got to remember the three wrestlers she was wrestling in that six-woman match. Yeah. Three nah. of the best wrestlers in the world. I, I, yes. I've been saying for two or three years, Jordan Grace is the best wrestler in the world. And you put her in there with Taya Valkyrie, who's got so much experience, you know, the AAA uh, Reina de Reina's champion, and Mia Yim, who we've been talking about all episode. It's got to be daunting for Tasha yes. Steeles, even though she is the Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion. She's still less experienced and less well-known 
than those three wrestlers. So yeah. it's, it's got to play with her uh, most, uh, mentally. So if, if she had a few slip-ups, it's natural. Um, we don't hold it against her and um, can't wait to see, you know, the, the Queen of the Mountain match. But oh, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I do not expect Tasha to retain, unfortunately. Uh, it's, this whole thing is it, it, it's more than likely my just my OCD just driving me batshit because if things aren't centered lined up it pisses me off mm-hmm. but no great match I loved it uh, we had a locker room talk segment which phenomenal I mean just every, I'm not overly a fan of talk shows but locker room talk is done right constantly I'm not always a fan because they can seem to be quite carbon copy cookie cutter if you like this one was really good and just everything about Zicky Dice and Johnny Swinger the Swinging Dice connection is the best Swinger being pushed in on that cart phenomenal love it the gold for the gold where he he bushwhacked in and out of the ring yeah I can't believe we didn't bring that up when we talked last week we talked but just incredible um, we had a phenomenal, phenomenal promo from Eric Young, showing exactly why he deserves to be in this main event. It, it was never really up for debate. Yeah, um, so we, we spoke about that last week. He basically, yeah. I reckon he watched our episode and then did the promo. Well, we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I think we kind of got a glimpse in what's in the box, the TNA box. A lot of uh, memories. Um, which I, I love that promo so much. That promo package, fucking incredible. Yeah. True. Um, I hope it's uh, giving hints at who or what we might see at Slammiversary. Yeah, I cannot wait. Um, then we had a great tag team match between the Good Brothers and OGK, the Good Brothers picking up the win. A really, really good tag match and probably one of the best I've seen from the Good Brothers since they've arrived. I think this was my favorite thing on the show um, because the action was tremendous. I love the OGK. I think they're so underrated and dare I say underused by Impact. I think they should have been the tag team champions after um, Rebellion. But um, I mean, they're they're bringing in the Briscoes, so you know, it all makes sense in that front. But uh, this, the story they told in this match, because it's kind of two villain teams with the Good Brothers kind of leading on the, the babyface side where OGK were the full-on villains. But yeah. the stuff they did with Maria, where uh, Mike speared his own wife, fantastic stuff. Because they present Maria as um, as the, the valet, the manager, the, the brains behind um, Honor No More. Yeah. But we all know she's a wrestler. She's a trained wrestler, so she can take these bumps and make him look savage. So, uh, yeah, I, I love this match, and I love the finish. The gun style, yeah. the spear was absolutely brilliant. So good. I, I think we... I can see getting OGK and maybe a couple of other teams against the Briscoes for the tag titles at anniversary. I, I think they'll be involved in a tag title match Okay. anniversary. I've, I already do. Um, we had a f- 
short and sweet match of Marsha Slamovic defeating Shauna Reed before finally, finally, lights go down. It's Havoc face to face with Marsha. And we get that match this week on Impact. Finally. That's all I can say. That's- I've been saying on um, the Twitch chat um, during the uh, pre pre show for the pay per views, the reason I haven't, I've never ranked Marsha in the top 10 on our rankings committee um, for the TNIIW family is because, yeah, she she wins every week or every other week, but she hasn't beaten anyone. I need to see her wrestle, you know, at legit competition, you know, actual knockouts on the roster. And who better to start with than, you know, the biggest uh, knockout on the roster? Because if and when Masha beats Havoc, that's a, a massive notch on her belt and she could legit be a contender then for yeah. any championship. Definitely. She's beaten a lot of people, but she, now she needs to beat a name. Exactly. Beat a name, who knows what, who knows what can happen. Um, yeah, then we went to the main event. Briscoe was defeating Violet by Design to retain the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Great stuff. No, didn't expect anything else from it. The face stop, face off between uh, Josh and EY, great. And next, this week on Impact, we do get the VBD versus Briscoes and Josh Alexander. I thought yeah. finish was finish was great. Of course, I think I'm pretty sure if I remember rightly, uh, Dina did did uh, beat the pin, which no real surprise. No. Although it felt like for a minute there that maybe VBD were actually going to win again. I kind of had a feeling they'd go in, especially when I because the Impact announced this match. Uh, before the tapings took place, they announced that it will be Violet by Design will be taking on uh, Briscoe's and Josh Alexander. But I mean, this match starts going to be great. But last match last week, really good. Briscoe's are a great team, and I'm glad they're an impact for a little bit longer at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah, they're in the the top three best tag teams in the world right now. For me, it's yeah. the Briscoes, FTR, and the Young Bucks. Uh, and I'm sure I'll get frack for, for mentioning the Young Bucks in the, <laughs> the best tag team debate. But, you know, come at me. I don't care. Yeah, they, the v, uh, VBD and the Briscoes seem to have great chemistry. But the Briscoes have great chemistry with everyone. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not surprised that the match was so good. Um, it was just as good as uh, the pay-per-view, no, the Under Siege match. In my yeah. opinion, yeah, it was great. Um, and yeah, looking forward to seeing next week the, or sorry, this week um, tonight on Impact the the six man tag. I'm thinking if Josh and Briscoes can get past VBD, you've still got Josh and EY, you know, feuding for the world title. But the Briscoes can then move on to their next challenge. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's a uh, good old Max and Jeremy Buck. <laughs> Generation me. Uh, anywho, that was the review of Impact on Access TV last week. Before we get into the preview, 
Let's take a look at those power rankings from last week. Do you agree? Do you disagree? But first things first, let's take a look at who made it to number one. It's time for those power rankings. Number 10, Jordan Grace. Number 9, Sammy Callahan. Number 8, World Champion Tasha Steeles. Number 7, Speedball Mike Bailey. And number 6, Bullet Club. Number 5, the HBAC Mia Yim. Number 4, Eric Young and BBD. Number 3, X Division Champion Ace Austin. Number 2, Tag Team Champions The Briscoes. Number one, world champion Josh Alexander. And we're back. Uh, so now let's take a look at the preview for this week's Impact on Access TV. As I previously mentioned, we have Ballot by Design taking on uh, the Briscoes and Josh Alexander, world tag team champions, and the world champion. In the Briscoes and Josh Alexander. Uh, it's the Battle of the Futures Part 2, Battle of the Present. Chris Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian. I mean, fucking hell. Mm. Uh, Jordan Grace takes on Chelsea Green. In Ultimate X Qualifier, I mean, we have Trey Miguel taking on Alex Shelley. Marcia Slavovich takes on Havoc. Uh, Shira and Raj Singh take on Bupinda Gurja and W. Morrissey in tag team action. And on BTI, Laredo Kid takes on Black Tarus. What are you looking forward to on that? I mean, it's where to start, really. But go on, take it, take the, it away. What's, the battle so. of the underused AAA cruiserweights. <laughs> yeah. <BTI. laughs> um, at least one of them will get a win <laughs> this week. Yeah. Um, that should be a hell of a match, to be fair. Uh, a BTI, it used to be so missable, didn't it? But they're yeah. they're churning out fantastic matches every week. It's now, you know, top quality, unmissable television. I know most of it is a recap from last week's yeah, Impact right. Wrestling on Access. But yeah, I I always watch the BTI match every week. I always watch Iceman's Intel's. Uh, yeah, you never, you never know what he's going to say, do you? Yeah, he, he, yeah, he always comes out with something fun. But uh, you've got to follow him now. You've got to follow him now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got to follow. Him. I, I don't know if I do. You know, I'm going to have to double check that. Follows Sorry, the, I, follows the channel. Follows the channel. Um, Jordan Grace and yeah, Jordan Grace and Chelsea Green should be a hell of a match. The six-man tag we've already talked about. Um, Trey Miguel and Alex Sherry. How can you miss this match? Anyway. Very kind of similar styles in terms of, you know, um, Sherry very quick. Trey, we know, is quick. Um, they could both high fry. They can both do tech. I think it's going to be a, a great... Not a clash of styles, but... What's the term I want? They're almost mirror images of each other, so it's going to be cool to see them get in there and 
and do their thing. Um, I'm also interested to see who wins. Yes. Who goes yes. into Ultimate X because both of them realistically could be in this match. Yeah, have a claim to it for sure. Yeah. A claim. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think it's going to be a hell of a show, as it always is. What are you looking forward to, Greg? Uh, Trey and Shelly for sure. I mean, this is going to be so, so good. But the, the TNA fan in me, it's saving in Kazarian. That's, I mean, totally out of the blue. Can completely out of nowhere this match did. Obviously, again, Impact announced it before the tapings even took place. So we kind of knew about it, even. Mm. But although when Saban cut the promo last week, we knew the match was happening, but it almost gone to the back of your mind. And then Saban then challenges Frankie, Frankie Kazarian. And I'm, I'm not sure what, how this has, how this has happened. I'm, I'm really, really confused because obviously Kazarian did pop, pop up an impact a few months ago. Um, Whilst the forbidden door was still open. Yeah. But now that door between Impact and NADO seems to be firmly, firmly shut. So I'm, I'm very curious. Maybe I, I, I'm trying to think of how this match is going to come about. Maybe Tony Khan is just being a nice person. <laughs> Maybe that's just something we haven't seen, so we're a bit surprised by it. But I think the link might be Tracy Brooks. Yeah. Because Tracy Ooh. has been on Fight TV doing the ultimate commentary for the pay-per-views with mm-hmm. uh, Lisa Marie and SoCal Val. Yes. I think, you know, she's, she's been having a great time. She considers TNA her home. So maybe yeah. Kazarian is sort of, you know, empathising with her. No, that's not the word I want. She's seen how much fun Tracy's having. Oh, yeah, I want to want to get in on that. Yeah, but it's it's extra confusing that because because Aaron just returned back to AEW after months away. Mm. You see, obviously, and is he a heel now? Is he a face? Because people don't like the Ty and Sammy stuff. So, is he a heel? <laughs> is he a face? Like, it's what's going to happen? What obviously that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't come into effect? That doesn't really affect Impact that much. But it's still very very confusing because. If, if people in the crowd know AEW, it, this Hilton hadn't happened yet. Mm. As far as I'm aware, it hasn't, it, hadn't, it hadn't happened yet. So what is going on? Is it And is it just a one-time thing? I know, uh, I, I imagine we were going to get um, Josh Alexander versus uh, Christopher, Christopher, Christopher Daniels. I didn't know match was going to happen, but then, mm. like I said, the forbidden door seemed to be just slammed shut in Impact's face. He, yeah. Daniels are gone. Nothing came of it. And now Kazarian's suddenly back in impact. I, I'm curious, but I'm I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's gonna be a hell of a match. I think um I think we we we're gonna see Kazarian through the Kissimi tapings and that's yeah. it. It would be so cool to see Daniels come back and finish that storyline he started last year before yeah. Bound for Glory. I think did he have one match? When he yeah, came back against Madman Fulton, and then yeah. then nothing. I, I firmly thought he'd be at Bound for Glory at least to do like the gauntlet, uh, the Cordia shot gauntlet or something. Yeah, it would have been cool. Yeah, but 
considering Christopher Daniels, he's got such a history with TNA. It would be very, very fitting and awesome to see him rock up at least for either for Slammiversary or, you know, the tapings before. Yeah, I mean, my brain just just went to Mercy Machine Guns versus Bad Influence. My mind just went there. I don't know why, but I mean... Considering Sabin's wrestling Kazarian, that's very possible. Yeah. If Shady loses, maybe. But obviously, again, no inside information here. It's purely just my TNA brain going, that'd be cool, that'd be cool. Yeah. It's just like having uh, uh, Lisa Murray, Tara, SoCal Val, and Tracy Brooks at ringside for alternative commentary anniversary. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Get them over for it. But mm-hmm. again, no idea. I wish, I wish, I wish. I'm putting it out there, wishing it into existence, but I have to wait to see what happens yeah. at anniversary. But um, besides that, Chelsea Green and uh, Jordan Grace should be, should be good. Jordan Grace is great. Uh, obviously, I'm not a big fan of Chelsea Green, but she's a good competitor, competitor. So I'll watch this match of interest and just hope Jordan Grace beats her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think Grace beat her. Jordan's very, very capable of carrying Chelsea to an excellent match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's incredible. Um, so I'm curious to see what's going what's gonna, what's gonna to happen with the. Uh, Rich Swan and Matt Cardona. I know at uh, Wrestling Revolver in a couple weeks' time, uh, it's Matt Cardona versus Rich Swan for the Digital Media Championship. But whether that carries on to TV, I haven't got a clue. I don't know how it's going to work out. But I, I imagine we'll get that at Slammiversary as well. I think that's, that's I think that'll be a match we get at Slammiversary with, with Rich winning. Um, and then Cardona going off into the sunset? Perhaps. Myers doesn't seem to be doesn't doesn't Myers doesn't seem to be around anymore. So who knows? Maybe if if Chelsea does lose, oh, I think I think I think Chelsea is the only one who has actually signed a permanent contract. As far yeah. as I'm aware. Mm. So we'll see what happens with that. But now that's Impact for this week. Check out Impact, Impact Access TV or Ultimate Insiders if you're an insult, Ultimate Insider for 99p, 99 cents, wherever you are in the world. It's, Impact is becoming can't miss. And on the road, road anniversary, we're getting some absolute banging matches and banging weekly po- weekly shows. He said weekly podcasts, then weekly shows. This is a weekly podcast about Impact Wrestling, but weekly shows we talk about. Just enjoy it. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And we're actually on time, so let's take it over now to that final 10, 10, 10. And uh, so obviously we're talking about quite a lot about different things talk about going to local independent wrestling and of course we cover the tv stuff over here and whatever's going on in the world of wrestling we want to take a look at some of the differences as in terms of attending and watching shows from local shows from smaller intimate venues like often nightclubs or sports halls wherever, wherever it may be compared to 
the stuff we see on TV on a weekly basis from the likes of AW and WE in those big venues and thousands of people watching. What what would you say was is, is the major difference apart from obviously the size of the venue? So local independent wrestling is far more interactive, crowd interactive. Um, the wrestlers are able to interact with the crowd, not just in their matches, but you know, at the merch stand, you can you can literally, as a wrestler, you can meet every single fan um, yeah. in attendance at a, a local intimate wrestling show. And because it's so interactive, I've noticed the crowd enjoys it and gets more into it than they would you know sitting in the cheap seats at wwe at the o2 for example yeah although i would never discourage anyone from going to see wwe i mean i've done two wrestlemanias and had a great time um nothing beats you know a local wrestling show front row or second row getting some chants going and you know if you're chanting at a villain getting their instant reaction like shut up you know there's nothing better um or to you know get them clapping you know get the baby face fired up yeah uh the reason i brought this conversation this topic of conversation up with you earlier is because um i was chatting to someone at pro wrestling east on saturday uh, a guy called Eric, who I'd never met before, uh, but he is a friend of Jack Nichols, um, member of the Kreft movement. And it was Eric's first ever experience of live wrestling. And he was instantly made a fan uh, through the show that Pro Wrestling East put on. Hell of a show, by the way. I'm sure the matches will be released on YouTube. Just uh, follow them on Twitter to get updates at Pro Wrestling East. Um, but yeah, he because of the interactive nature of it, uh, the fact that he got to meet a load of the wrestlers um, in the interval, you know, got chatting to Truman Roswell, previously mentioned. Um, he's been messaging me, um, like, how awesome the show was. Uh, he's going to do some artwork for me, free of charge. He's a fantastic artist. I've seen some of his work. Um, so I can you know, get some more merch. Uh, which I'll, I'm sure I'll plug on here when that's ready. Um, yeah, that, that's the big difference between, you know, going to WWE or watching AEW on television. Because, you know, if you watch SmackDown or Rampage or any of the, you know, the big TV shows, they're very cookie cutter. Like yep. An episode of Rampage, for example... You know the show's going to start, the bell's going to ring, no entrances, you're going to get action in that first, you know, two segments. Then you're going to have a promo, a squash match, kind of, in the middle. A couple of promos, Mark Henry saying, it's time for the main event. And you're going to get a hell of a main event at the end. But it's the same every week. You can't differentiate from week to week, it feels like. Yeah. Um, whereas a local wrestling show, you know you're going to get something different every time. You're going to get 
you know, different characters, different styles of wrestling. I always say a wrestling show is like a roller coaster. Bring them up, bring them down, bring them up, bring them down. Yeah, and, uh, and that just keeps the crowd hot throughout. You don't burn them, you don't get them burn out. So you bring them down, you bring them up at the right times and you, you know, you pace your shows like that. That's very important. But yeah, it's, it's just about the interaction for the crowd. And if, uh, if you're watching this and you've never been to a live wrestling show, you've, all you've done is watch on television. Get your ass to a local show. Support local British or American or wherever you're from. Support local independent wrestling. Yeah. And I guarantee you will leave a fan of the promotion, certain wrestlers, and you'll be buying your tickets to the next one. I'm completely with you on that. Just from a, a fan's uh, perspective, ah, can't even say it. You know, the first ever show I went to was in 2018. It was Impact versus the UK. And um, it was the, the opening match was uh, Robbie X and Adam Maxted versus uh, Adam McCluskey and I forget the other person's name now. But I, 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 I only knew them. But I knew Robbie X and Adam Maxted from when uh, WS came back. Because then I was, was he on Love Island? Adam Maxted. Yeah, I think he I think was. He was. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I heard he might have been. <laughs> um, yeah. Not that I would ever watch that. Nah. Um, Just for liberty. <laughs> you know, never watched it. Never will. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever have I watched that. Okay, all right. I never fucking will. I obviously you can't help but know what's going on in it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Then that got me hooked on going to be in a, in a crowd and watching it. Then I went to uh, pro wrestling live in a little town in the UK called Darlaston in the Black Country, and. But uh, on that show, uh, Bram was on it. Okay, cool. Go watch, go see Bram. Go meet Bram. Then I got to know some of the wrestlers on, the, on there. Then I eventually went to Kamikaze. But again, for me, it had to have been, oh, there's a draw on this card. You know, it was uh, for my first Kamikaze show. Main event was Jody Fleisch versus Drago in a Lucha Libre rules match. Oh, yeah. Fucking phenomenal. And in between that, you had Giselle Shaw, who I recognised from Impact, Against uh, Zaya Brooks in a, in a last last woman standing match, you had uh, force force cut anywhere between Joe Janela and Chantal Jordan, which I mentioned before, and that made me fan of one of Chantal Jordan. Kept going to the shows, into the shows, and now people at like Kamikaze, like the people who work in the bar or uh, selling the merch for the, for the company, they recognise me now, and it's very very surreal. Like. The fact that people working for the company know who you are when you walk in and you're not on the card, you're just a fan going. It's a very, very cool feeling. Because I'm all for, I've never been to a WWE event, I've never been to an event in, in an arena. But for me, like obviously WrestleMania is obviously, of course, it's something I have to do. It's something every wrestling fan has to do at some point. 
and I will be doing it at WrestleMania 40. Like, that's, I'll be going to WrestleMania 40. But sitting in the, the nosebleeds, I'm not looking forward to it. Because <laughs> I know that's where I'm going to end up. I just know it. And I remember, uh, I think it was the, uh, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. It's, the seats were on a vertical angle. Like, it, it terrifies the crap out of me being up that high. Oh, the, the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn. You, you, uh, there's no gap in between yeah. the seats. And uh, if you fall over, you are taking a row of people or a column of people out. That yeah. is it's terrifying. I mean, at least the Barclays Centre has a roof. The Citrus Bowl yeah. didn't. Like, yeah. if, if they end up going there, you lean back too far. You're, you're off the top of the freaking stadium. <laughs> it's that high. Like, what? So that's what that just completely terrifies me, and you know I'm not a fan of watching it on. I don't wanna, I don't want to I don't want to pay thousands thousands of pounds to watch it on a screen. That's my other thing. Yeah, like, I can I can sit at home and watch it on a screen. Obviously, you won't get the same atmosphere, but at least there's less chance of you falling to your death from a fucking from like like, like five thousand seats up. No, it ain't happening. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally see your point. Um, I will mention that we, uh, myself and Kaylee were at um, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, what's the name? The MetLife, MetLife Stadium, um, yeah. just on the border of New York, New Jersey, yeah. for WrestleMania 35. And we had seats um, which were directly diagonal from the ring, which means one of the uh, support girders was right in the middle of the ring. So if if my face right now is the ring, that's what we saw. Yeah. We could see the two turnbuckles. So we had to watch the show um, from uh, the screens. And then the uh, in the AJ Styles and Randy Orton match, um, a row of lights were directly... I don't. Did you see this reported? Because a lot of yeah. people ticked off about it. Um, yeah, directly in our eyes. Uh, so lots of chance of um, turn the lights off, and then when they finally <laughs> went round, you could just hear the crowd go, "Hey!" Um, yeah. Luckily on that show, um, Seth Rollins defeated Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston defeated Daniel Bryan, and Becky Lynch won the three-way for the the two titles. Yeah. So the three biggest baby faces on the roster won their world titles. So uh, the atmosphere was awesome for that show. And uh, in the Citrus Bowl two years previously, um, we had a, a similar view, but the girder was sort of there, so you couldn't see one of the turnbuckles. Um, again, you had to watch a lot of it from the screen just to be able to see what was going on. Um, but that's when the Hardys came back. Um, you had Brock and Goldberg, which was you know, beyond what anyone ever expected. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and so many other cool moments on that show. And the people we were weren't with, weren't with but um, the people that were sat around us were just so into it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's just an awesome experience going to WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't let that put you off. No, that's, that's the, that is the, the flip side of it, is that 
you experience it, experience it all in person. You can feel everything going on. You can, you can hear it. You can't always see it, but like, it's, WrestleMania is a whole experience. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be booking for wrestle travel, and you know, you get. I so said they sort out the flights, thankfully, in the hotel and all that. And you, they also provide a uh, a party bus from the hotel to the arena. You get there for the tailgate party beforehand, and then you get to and get the whole thing. You get Raw SmackDown the night after the Hall of Fame. So WrestleMania is an experience. I get that. Yeah. But I think that'll be the one I go to. I won't go to a live. I've been tempted to go to a SmackDown taping before. But that's, that's the thing, it's always a taping when they come up here because mm. of the time difference. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the issues with um, the Prince, Principality Stadium, the former Millennium Stadium in, in Wales, Cardiff, for the uh, Clash at the Castle. No. I, I've been to that stadium. And from like... This is, there's quite a low ceiling from like the third row up. So you can't see the full pitch. It's quite a low, like concrete scene with this stands above you. Right, it's not ideal, and people are paying about what's the going rate for those tickets? I haven't checked. Oh, they've gone right down. Yeah, they've, uh, they've shot down. Yeah, is that something? But people are paying at the time about about two grand. That's for like a basic ticket. But yeah, so it, nosebleeds. You're looking at three hundred and fifty when they yeah, first went on sale. Yeah. From where that was like, because it's, it's it's close to the pitch, but it's not like right in front of the pitch. But you're you're basically behind one of the uh, the posts for, in the rugby in the rugby ground. Mm. So it's it's not ideal. That's why I I, I prefer intimate band music because it's it's actually reminded me a few years ago. It wasn't when I was Mr. Impact Craig, but it was when I was on Twitter. Um, I had a bit of a disagreement with Jim Cornette, and he ended up. Yeah, I, I didn't intend to him get, for him to get involved. Someone snitch tagged him. <laughs> okay. And uh, it was an impact had a show with the uh, wrestling revolver in you know, you know, you know, the style of venue, uh, wrestling revolver run. It's always very intimate, very maybe 300 people if you're lucky mm-hmm. in these tiny, tiny venues. Basically, basically look like a shed. If you know, and I said. I'd much rather be in that venue than in a an arena half empty. Then he then he told me that's the stupidest comment of the week. Do it in his voice. I I don't even want to. This stupid motherfucker. <laughs> you get stupidest yeah, most most stupid comment he's ever heard. And I I, I wore that like a badge of honor. <laughs> I, the fact I pissed off Jim Cornette that much, it wasn't even a conversation, but some twat tagged him. For him to, uh, to uh, find that tweet or read that tweet and then respond to me, I, I wore like a fucking badge of honor because I pissed off Jim Cornette that much. That is, I'm, I was a nobody. I think at that point I had like 200 followers. And that's being generous. <laughs> so, but I wore like a badge of honor because it, and my point still stands. I'd much rather be in that venue with th- like 30 rowdy people around me than in a venue sat by sat, surrounded by a thousand people, but the venue's pretty much empty. Mm. 
which you know in the this is in the early days of AEW that was the case. Yeah, it still is in WWE for us the case. It has impact. Half the venue was empty for major like uh, uh, lockdown 2014. Jeff Hardy was Billy Ray. I think they didn't show the half the half the building because it was empty. Mm. So I think was that when they were at the Alamo Dome. Yeah, even yeah. though that's that's that today still impacts highest ever attendance. Mm. But I'm pretty sure most of that was empty. Well, yeah, because it's a it's a stadium. It's like sixty thousand or something capacity. Yeah. Maybe maybe fifty thousand. Uh, they crammed ten thousand in there, but yeah. they crammed them into certain sections. Yeah. To make it look good, but it's every wrestling like company does that. There's SmackDown tapings where you know half of the uh, building is totally empty. Yeah. That's not just a, a problem with Impact or you know any specific company. That's every company. Yeah. No. I know. And. Being in a crowd, like of just being as like, as Kamikaze, I went to the last show. That's one of the loudest crowds I've ever been a part of. Louder than the Impact crowd, and it was an incredible atmosphere. Mm. Um, when uh, uh, Charlie Morgan uh, did the moonsault off the balcony. People popped like mad. It was trying to start a holy shit chant, but it didn't quite pick up. But it was still a. Just, I don't. I don't. I don't like the chant anyway. But I mean, it, it still popped huge, and it had about maybe two hundred people chanting BDSM. Yeah. <laughs> you never get on TV. Mm. Yeah, it was Charles Crowley and uh, Clementine as well. Clementine, yeah. She was a surprise partner. Uh, so it had you would never get that on TV. You would never let that let that pass. Mm. <laughs> so it's just I completely agree in the fact that it, of course if you want to be part of that huge arena, it looks incredible. But when it's when it's sold out and people are just holding signs up, it looks insane. But being a in a in a in a, in a nightclub or a, whatever it may be, surrounded by people who aren't necessarily casual wrestling fans, you can really get into it because you know you're all there for the same reason because you love independent wrestling. Exactly. And there's nothing like that anywhere. Like, so you have football stadiums. You have like of course you have smaller football stadiums. I, I go to Kidmister Harris quite a bit, and I, the capacity is about seven thousand. I've never been in there more than five thousand, mm. but it's still a better atmosphere than, say, Anfield or Stamford Bridge, where there's thousands of people there, but it can be it can get a bit quiet. Yeah, um, Carrow Road is the same. Norwich City. Um, I sat uh, in the away section um, for Norwich versus Wolves. And 26,000 canaries sat on their hands for 90 minutes, where the Wolves section was rowdy as, as anything. Wolves are a, are a great, great fan base. I'll give them that. Mm. Start the matches, they're, they're great. Uh, but yeah, so just, I get everyone's got personal preference, but if you haven't been to a more intimate wrestling show, local independent wrestling show, go because 
if when that crowd gets into it, they get into it and just enjoy it for what it is. But with that, it's supposed to be the final 10. We went for final 20. But with that, we'll wrap it up and we'll call it a pod. Of course, you can go check out everything with the uh, GoGo Power Rankings with uh, Tia and Bert. You can check out uh, the mothership, Max and Jeff, every single Sunday at 1 a.m. UK time, 8 p.m. US time. You can go check out... Uh, the latest episode of TBN Chats with Simon Hill. A fun chat. Talk about everything from the transition to radio, to esports, to pro wrestling, to get to getting in the ring, to uh, traveling, everything. So go check that out. And every every other TBN Chats before that. Uh, go check out everything. Yes, Alamatrian. <laughs> If you didn't see that, LOL TNA with uh, Jeff, uh, Lucha, and Johnny. Keep almost forgetting name every time. Go check that out. Go check out everything we're doing. It's fun, fun times. A lot of nonsense coming. A lot of nonsense is going to happen. But until next time, it's been the MIC. One, one last thing, Craig. All right, Ned. I got it. Way huge part. <laughs> My Bound for Glory DVD collection is complete. It you was uh, an expensive purchase. But uh, yeah, it was worth it. And yeah, I'll, uh, I'll tweet a picture of the whole collection at some point. But yeah, I'm proper there chapter. Finally found it. It has arrived. And on that note, I've been there MIC. He's been Nixon. I'll continue to be Nixon. Until next time. Goodbye, my friend.